This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. 1 2 wicket Tunga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Zanka to turn it into the pass. Yes! yes! Cummins scored! Cummins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history! De Plattras forward, De Plattras got the better yes! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! This computer, great, we're up and running. So, can Town capture all three points against Cardiff, ladies and gentlemen? Let's find out. Welcome to the warm-up, episode 23. Joining me, your host, Brady Frost, is someone else that we've managed to capture for another podcast. It's uh, Tadcaster Albion manager, Paul Quinn. How are you, Quinn? I'm very well, thank you. Looking forward to this. Looking forward to sort of dissecting what's been going on. So, yeah, it should be good. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're looking forward to it, man. <laughs> 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 the game, the game, not not having you on. No, the podcast. I mean, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so joining uh, Quinny and I, you've heard of our section "Return to the Mac." Well, on this pod, we have the return of the Matt. Matt Shaw, how the devil are you? I'm all right. Was that the thing that was supposed to surprise me? Like no, mate. Beforehand. <laughs> no, 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 mate. Here it is now. So, Matt. There's been a lot of speculation as to why you've been away. So uh, there's three theories that seem to come up. So I, I'm just going to ask you very quickly if you can confirm or deny the, the truth behind Is this it. a true or false? True or false? Thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, this is just truth the speculation. Or, truth or dare? 
you know what the you know what the internet's like. So I just need you to confirm or deny that the re- if any of these are the reasons you've uh, taken a little break. So the fir- one yeah. of the most popular theories is you took a break because the conch broke and you couldn't signal for Josh Caroma to come back from injury. Can you confirm or deny that? Uh, I can deny Frozen. that because the conch is here. There you go. Look, just oh, sorry. There you go. The conch is there. It's still, lovely. still alive. Still, still all in one piece for now. Okay. Okay. So, lovely stuff. That's good to hear. Okay. So the second theory was um, you've secretly become a Leeds fan and they've even bought yourself a Bielsa bucket to sit on when you're watching the Leeds games. Is that? Is that can you confirm or deny that? I'm not even going to give that any substance, Brady. <laughs> There we go. And finally, I think this is the most popular one. Um, you were amazed by my excellent hosting skills in your absence and you just feel a bit intimidated. I don't know which is worse, the last one or this one, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, Quinn is just like, what the hell is this? Right, Come okay. On, so, <laughs> well, right, we'll, move on. <laughs> we'll move on, we'll move on. Anyway, I'll set the seat. So um, we are playing Cardiff Friday night live on Sky. Uh, they are now in the playoff places and sit six in the table. They're just a point and a place above Bournemouth, who do have a game in hand. But uh, it'd be nice to be in the playoff places, wouldn't it, chaps? Uh, since Mick McCarthy has taken charge, they've gone 10 games unbeaten. Uh, they are top of the form table in the league for the last 10 games. Seven wins in the last eight games. They won 4-0 in midweek. Uh, and away from home, they've only lost two of the last 10. So on paper, this is, appears a very tall order, but we did think that with another Welsh side previously, so maybe there is some hope. Uh, it's also Mick McCarthy's 1,000th game as manager. So a lovely, lovely little occasion. So um, it was a 3-0 defeat for Town away last time these two played. Um, Matt, what, what did you think of the match? And I'm more interested to know what you've been thinking of Town recently. Oh, God. Uh, what did I think of the match last time? I thought we were in absolute shambles, uh, in, in truth, last time. Um, I, I I went on the um, Second Tier podcast uh, a, a couple of weeks ago and floated a couple of opinions on there. Nothing too, nothing too over the top, I don't think. But for, for me, end of, end of November, start of December, I think Carlos Corbran's methods and, and systems seem to get... Um, seem to get worked out a little bit by uh, other championship analysts. You know, we, we spend, you know, 45% of the time down the left-hand side and people start doubling up on Toffolo and, and making it more difficult for us. And I, and I think we did quite well uh, during December. I do think we came up against some teams in really rotten form. Sheffield Wednesday were, were shocking at the time. Watford were just about to sack their manager. Uh, QPR were appalling at the time. I think the run favoured us. And I think what we've seen now is we've seen a manager kind of struggling to adapt a little bit. Um, yesterday against Birmingham, I know you guys did the podcast, but against Birmingham, we saw a coach try something different. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't great to watch, but it was different. And I was quite enthused by him trying different things because I think my main criticism of Carlos has been that he's been quite belligerent in in terms of his principles and trying to get his ideals across. And we've done the same thing every game and it's just, and it's not worked. So we saw something different last night. So uh, that is something to cling on to for me. So hopefully um, we can see Carlos becoming a little bit more flexible. And uh, if he does that, I'm sure we'll start to get more results. Yeah. Here's hoping mate. Quinny, what about yourself and um, previous game and just town? I know you've been on a bit recently, but you said you were eager for this podcast. So what have you got to say? Yeah. Um, just, I think, I think the one thing with Cardiff is look at the Cardiff game when we played them at their place, and 
think we dom- absolutely dominated the ball, dominated possession. But you also look at last night's game, they played Derby last night, they won 4-0. I think they only had something like 30% possession last night, Cardiff. Um, they were without the ball for a lot of time. So they're going to be happy for us to have it, you know, and, and be disciplined and be, um, you know, diligent with how they go about things. And I think that's that's sometimes problematic for us. I think um, when when teams sit in and they're happy for that to happen, I think that, that causes us a bit of a headache um, at the moment. I think when teams come out a little bit and we've got that space to go in behind, I think it opens up more opportunities for us. But yeah, I think there's no no two ways about it. Tuesday's game was a difficult watch, wasn't it? I think it was um, certainly first half. It was, yeah, it just looked, looked like two teams that were really scared to have the ball, that looked fearful, that were nervous. It looked like a you know a dogfight, which it was, wasn't it, um, for the majority of it. So, but as you said, going into the Swansea game, you wouldn't have banked on us pulling out a uh, result like that. So, you know, who knows? Um, who knows? <laughs> this is like We've said it a few times, this is Huddersfield Town we're talking about, isn't it? So to predict any football game is difficult. To predict a Huddersfield Town game at the moment is even more difficult. Um, but yeah, it's, it, we, just, we, just need, we just need that positivity in terms of hoping that we can we can get something against Cardiff, which we can. We can, undoubtedly. We've shown that in spells. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be another tough prospect. No, definitely. And I think um, I kind of managed to get a chance to look at the previous game. Um, you know, it's a 3-0 win for them, but the first two goals, I mean, I mean, arguably you could say all three goals were mistakes from us, not from Cardiff playing particularly well. Um, the one that immediately springs to mind was Naby Sarr getting caught and, you know, and then um, obviously the game's gone at 2-0, but then, you know, Edmunds Green get turned by Robert Glatzel and then it's free. So, I, yeah, I mean, again, we know Town can make mistakes. We saw that with Birmingham, but, you know, we did, I agree with Matt, we did see a change from Carlos. I, I was, I said this on the podcast yesterday, but I thought it was quite interesting that um, we almost seemed to let them have the ball at times. We'd just get rid of it and see what they could do. Um, again, first. maybe safety first, absolutely. So maybe we'll have something something different. But um, we'll kind of come on to the game of the key players. Um, who have you Who have you got for key player, Matt, for Cardiff? Uh, I've done a little bit on on Cardiff. Uh, I've had a look at them in general because Cardiff were a, were a team that I predict at the start of the season predicted them to be you know up in the playoffs. Um, and I'm very sort of pleased for them, I guess, in a way that they they've come on strong um, because they've got the the players and the squad in which to do that. Uh, they've got some good players there. Kiefer Moore's a player that I've been a huge fan of. I I, re- I, I think twelve roll you know roll it back twelve months ago. I think we're on our podcast and I was like. Danny Cowley would adore Kiefer Moore up front for Huddersfield Town. He would be absolutely perfect. And I think he'd even be perfect now, just look watching him play for Cardiff for, for Carlos Corbran. He's, he's such, oh, I was going to call him a weapon, but that sounds a bit harsh because of the terminology. But in, in football terms, he is, a, 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 you know, he's a big, powerful unit up front. He, he's got a, he's not slow either. He's got a turn of pace. His touch is good. You know, he's, he's a very smart player. He knows how to lean in, back in, cause all sorts of problems. And he is going to be a handful whichever way we, we look at it um in terms of cardiff as well i think what's important to look at is how good they are at set pieces it's it's worrying how good they are uh 22 goals this season from set pieces just to put that into context as well to, to put that in a form of context reading in the second with 13 and i think a lot of people would look at huddersfield and say huddersfield aren't really that good at set pieces but where they're in eight uh where with eight sorry so where five short of Reading who are in second but Cardiff are nine in front of second place Reading and that shows you how good they are at set pieces and as as Quinny says as well in terms of passing 
72% of their passes are short, so they're not a complete who fit outfit, if you like. Uh, but they're very good at mixing and matching, very, you know, they're full of energy, full of pressing, and they know when to sit in, when to pick pe- when to pick teams off. And they've got that fulcrum up front in Kiefer Moore, who's just an absolute menace. And then you even throw in like the likes of Will Volks, Harry Wilson, and you can see why they're moving up the table. Um, Town have conceded 12 goals from set pieces this season, third most in the league. So when you put the, the team that's scoring the most and the team that's third worst at defending set pieces, you can kind of see already where Huddersfield really need to be on their game, if you like. Um, so I think in many term, in many ways, prevention might be better than you know having to deal with it. So you know the the idea really is, is not to get into tight maybe with 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 mm-hmm. Cardiff. Don't give anything silly away. Uh, try not to give away the corners, set pieces, etc. And 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 kind of uh, kind of run it from there. But um, Cardiff have conceded sixty percent of their goals in open play. Sixty nine percent of towns have come from open play. So. They've only conceded twice on the counter, so maybe Town might need to have to probe patiently and 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 wait for Cardiff to come out of that shape rather than trying to force things like we were guilty of doing early in the season. Um, but you know, from from looking at that, there are ways which Town can hurt Cardiff, but there's a very very obvious way in which Cardiff will probably hurt us. No, great back back on the pod with uh, some quite the insight. That's good to hear, mate. Um, also. I am a big fan of Keith Moore as well. Uh, there's a Wigan fan I follow on Twitter. Um, when we spoke to him last season, they sold him and Jamal Lowe for 2.1 million. Uh, and obviously, I think they've both got like 20 goals between the season. So it just shows you. Um, Quinny, what about yourself? Who's who's a key man for Cardiff for you? I think if you look at sort of creation and assists and that type of thing, I think you'd look at perhaps look at Harry Wilson in terms of his creation and the things he does uh, for the for the team. I think that's that's something that you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking at in terms of stopping that, I think nine assists, something like that in that region. Um, so, yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be a player we'd be looking after. But again, it, it, you look at, you look at the squad and you just think that the experience in there and it's another strong championship squad, isn't it? I know we've talked about Kiefer Moore already and then you look at Sean Morrison and, you know, other players of that ilk in there. You've got, you know, someone like Smithers as well with the experience he's got. Um, it's a really experienced side. Um, and it's, and with somebody like Mick McCarthy at the helm as well, we've alluded to it already, a thousand games as manager, you know, that's massive. That is absolutely massive. When you think about all the success he's had, particularly in the championship and um, the way he sets his teams up and the way he is as a manager, um, it's going to be one thing it is going to be. It's going to be an extremely physical, tough afternoon. Um, but I think if we've just got to, you know, it's difficult, but we've, we've got to move that ball as quickly as we possibly can. I think sometimes on on Tuesday for me watching it, it was quite predictable where the ball was going to go and the patterns of play. And um, I just think we need that bit more of a dynamic approach to the game when we get into the final third, particularly in the game. I think that's when we've been at our strongest this season, where we've taken the game by the scruff of the neck in the early stages, you know, and really dominate as my dog's scratching its neck in the background. Um, I think that's where we've been at our best, you know, when we've got out of the traps and we've been really um, forward thinking and we've, we've got runners beyond and we've looked a real threat the missing ingredients has been in that first 20 minutes is we haven't been able to capitalise. I've been put teams to bed. That's been the big problem for us, I think. Um, Tuesday night wasn't like that at all. I think it was a really scrap, as I said before, I think it was a really scrappy first 45 minutes. But if we can get on the front foot and be really positive and, you know, I think there needs to be a couple of changes, what, whether that'll happen or not. Um, I think it will, because I think Cardiff will probably come and maybe maybe play 4-4-2 and that naturally means that we play that extra defender because he likes to have plus one at the back. And um, so, you know, I think there will be a change if that's the system that Cardiff go for, but we'll, we'll see. 
No, no, I think you spot on, mate. Um, yeah, you both touched on a player I've picked, actually, um, in terms of set pieces. And, you know, you've naturally named him, Quinny, but I've gone for Sean Morrison. I picked him last time, but um, I, I couldn't not really pick him because since McCarthy's coming in, he's scored quite a few goals from set pieces. And we have seen, I mean, we've conceded the goal from a set piece against Birmingham. Um, I'm, I'm going to agree with Matt. It is a real cause for concern for me. And I think... I think Sean Morrison might have a bit of joy against our defence. You know, we've looked quite weak. Um, I think particularly um, something when I was having a look at stats, I also do stats, Matt, um, was Cardiff of the most, in terms of uh, times in the games when they've scored the most, it's the last 15 minutes. So depending on how the game goes, and we'll come on to our predictions, um, you know, that's something town really need to, to watch out for because if we are in this game, you know, we can't we can't let it slip away like we have so many times, especially if it's in the last 10, 15 minutes. So so we will see. Um but yeah we kind of know all about Cardiff's threats, but um key key players for town that you think will be crucial if we are to get something positive for this game. I'll come back to you Matt again. Doing a nice little rotation. It's defence, isn't it? Nabisar. It's it's you know when when you've got a giant up front in Kiefer Moore, you've got your giant at the back to, that needs to keep him quiet. Um I do think Stearman, though, will be the one who potentially looks after him a bit more, but Nabisar is going to be really key on set pieces. You look at the goal we conceded against Birmingham, and it's, it's such a horrible goal on, on so many levels. You know, it comes to the near post. Fraser Campbell gets under it. But even then, Nabisar stood marking nobody, blocking Schofield, which then forces Schofield behind the line, and Vallejo uh, Bayeko lets Jukovic get in front of him. And it, it's such a mess, and, and that is really where... Huddersfield have to be at their best. Um, and to be honest, where Naby Sar's at his best is when he plays as that, he goes zonal rather than on the man. Uh, so Naby Sar zonally in the area, you know, in key points, you know, six foot, six, five, six, six, he's, he's huge. He's going to be such an important player for us. Uh, so Richard Stearman in the sense that he will probably look after Kiefer Moore and it's, it's a tough task for Stearman is that, but he's experienced, he can, he can push him wide, he can do all sorts but Nabisar for me, when the ball comes in the box, he's you know it's got to stick to his head like a magnet, and uh, he's going to be the key man for me. If like I always say, if Nabi plays well, we usually do okay. If he has a stinker, we get we get absolutely battered. No, that's great, and I'm just going to jump in, uh, Quinny, because I, I actually picked Stearman because I, I thought um, you know obviously came in for Birmingham after a bit of a layoff. I thought. He, he, you know, set piece aside, I thought he looked a bit better, um, you know, as a defence, slightly better as a defence. I think, you know, Keogh, um, you know, he's not played for a while. Obviously, he was in League One and I think he's found it a bit tough. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for I've gone for a centre-back as well because I think Stearman, we kind of need his d- discipline. What was really interesting for me while he was out was I, I didn't realise how much the young players talk about his influence. Um, they were saying, you know, he's, he's great and he helps me with the professionalism and stuff like that. And that, that really took me by surprise. And I think we've talked about it recently as a whole, but this team seems to lack leaders, especially when you've got like Hog out and people like that. So I think I think his, his leadership will be key as well. Um, so, yeah, we've both gone for defenders. Quinny, are you going to go for a defender as well? I'll probably mix it up a little bit and probably go for one of the forward-thinking players. I think um, I think you I think you're right. I think you both made valid points regarding those two. Um, but on the other side of it, um, the creativity I think needs to be needs to be better on Saturday for us to have any chance of getting anything from the game. So I, I'm going to I've, I've probably pinpointed him before, but I think when Bakuna um, makes things happen, when he makes things tick and is getting on the ball and being positive, I think. We, we do look a dangerous outfit. And I think if he can pick up those pockets of space and be really positive in his play, then I think, you know, when he's doing well in those areas, I think we do look more creative. I would have picked one of the fullbacks, but 
Um, I think he, he's pivotal on uh, on Saturday to, to creating chances, linking the linking the way we play as well from, you know, obviously with a build-up play, linking that. And I thought at times on Tuesday, actually, it was interesting. I thought uh, Schofield um, took a lot more longer goal kicks than normal. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, I don't know if that was a noticeable thing that was was highlighted after Saturday's game, but there was there was more occasions where Saar and Stearman just shoved up and he hit the ball long and we, we, we tried to win first and second contact. And that was interesting, That whether that's been something that's been spoke about between games, because that's not usually been a feature, I don't think. I think no. we've predominantly looked to play from goal kicks. So whether that's something we've talked about internally, just saying, listen, at times in the game, which I, I feel at any level, you've got to have that ability to be adaptable and mix it up a little bit and have that game intelligence and game management where sometimes, you know what, yeah, we have got this style of play, but you know, 42 minutes in a game away from home when even if you're 1-0 down, you, you don't want to give anything else away. If it's one all, you're 1-0 up, shut up shop and we hit it a little bit longer and we just play percentages. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, whether that's an old-fashioned way of thinking. For me, it's not. I think that's football's never changed. It's always been 11 v 11, two goals and managing time. And I think good sides do that. And whether that was just a bit more game intelligence from us on Tuesday, I don't know. But I think that was an interesting, noticeable difference. So it'll be interesting to see if that's a common feature again on, on Saturday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you guys. Uh, this feels more like the, uh, the the main the kind of live pod, but um, I I thought um, I thought that was quite interesting that we were booting long, like you say, Quinny. But to me, it kind of seemed like that was more suited for Sunogo. Uh, I know he's not fit yet, but I feel like if we're going to do that, we do probably need to have one of our big strikers up front. Um, I don't don't know what you feel free to jump in either of you. Maybe Matt. I don't know. It's percentage football, though, isn't it, Brady? That this is the thing that. What we're saying that there was a comment I picked up from Carlos pre Birmingham, which I've I've made a note of here, which which he said he said um, prior to the Birmingham game, he said it's very necessary from now until the end of the season to have a good dynamic playing at home. We want to change the dynamic when we are playing away, and I took that and I thought, do you know what? He's going to start being a bit more solid, um, and I'm not going to disparage the previous manager because I, I I thought it was pretty decent and uh, I wouldn't have obviously made the change. But it was a, quite a cowley performance almost from Carlos Corbran in case it was, it, it just felt like a must not lose game. And we went out there and we played safe. And the idea really was to, to get the ball as far away from the defence as possible. And, um, you know, we've, we've got an issue with Cardiff because they've got Sean Morrison and Aidan Flint. Aidan Flint's absolutely massive as well at the back, six foot seven, you know. So going down their throat is not a good idea, but looking at the system, they look like they play a kind of three, four, two, one at the minute. So hitting the ball wide and maybe challenging wide from long goal kicks is probably the way forward there. And maybe, you know, you're looking at your second balls and that's where town really need to um, pick things up. I think in terms of the second ball, but if we continue to just put it straight down the throats of, you know, the likes of Kiefer Moore, Flint and Morrison, it's not going to end well, but if we go wide with those long goal kicks, then potentially we could, uh, we could get the second ball. I think it's in every part of the pitch. So I think you look at when the ball's out wide and we've got the opportunity to put the ball in the box. I think the more times you have those penalty box entries and you ask the questions, that you know, it's not brain surgery, is it? The, the more time you ask the questions, the higher the probability is that you're going to get opportunities and chances. And I think um, I think when we do, particularly from set pieces like free kicks where we've got the opportunity to get start in the box and because we have got some we have got some big boys in the team now, especially with, with Sonogo coming into the squad. You know, you, you think we can be a threat and... The league is what it is. I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago, didn't we, um, Brady, in terms of like when we were trying to recruit a number nine, what that number nine would look like in terms of the profile. 
and I think Sonogo fits the profile a lot of it that what we need we need that physicality we need because that's just the league we're in and you know whether people agree or disagree with that it is what it is and we've you know when any team that's been successful I think in the championship has had that player that has got that ability to you know be aggressive hold up be physical give a platform for for, for your side to, to progress up the field be strong at set pieces I think all those things are really important and I do think we have got the players to do that. I just think now the style of play, maybe, and and obviously the personnel, like you said, Matt, needs to be uh, needs to now knit together at the right times. But um, yeah, we'll. I think I think it's um, I think we're moved in the right direction with that type of player that we've recruited. Definitely. No, and interesting before before he joined town, I think Stephen Chicken um, said he's got he had a similar goals per game ratio to Steve Mounier, who uh, Matt, me and Matt were a big fan of, and we're sad to see him go. So he is he is a bit similar, but we'll see we'll see how we get on. But um, yeah, it's the time it is return to the Mac time. Um, I'm going to go to Matt first because it's as I said, it's return of the Mac. So return of the Mac, return of your Mac choice, please. Uh, yeah, so. Um... Bless him, but Ryan Schofield looks uh, mentally tired to me um, at the minute. And uh, for me, I know Quinny will be able to answer, you know, go on, the, go into this a bit more detail. But for me, the key to bringing young players through, in my opinion, is knowing when to drop them in and then pull them out at the same time. Um, I think sometimes if you leave a player in too long, it can uh, damage him long term. Uh, whereas if you just drop them in and out at the right times. Uh, it can really sort of build build their levels, and I think it might be time to. I like Ryan a lot, you know. I think it, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there. He's got a really good frame. He's he's shot stopping's great, you know. He's got a good spring, but mentally with the high ball, I, you know, I was a five foot ten goalkeeper. I don't think I've told anyone that before, guys. But and you know, as a five foot ten goalkeeper with a with a an ass like an anchor, that high ball into the box is is absolute kryptonite to someone like me. So I I, I feel like I can spot a nervous goalkeeper with a high ball quite a far off and Ryan Schofield to me, the, the time he went with it, with his feet against uh, Jukovic, you know, he, he let the bump affect him too much. And then he's gone with his feet. You know, you don't want a goalkeeper trying to side foot clearance, a high ball into the box. It's it, for me, those are telltale signs of uh, maybe a, a slight mental issue at the minute. Um, but it's not a, a bashing of Ryan Schofield because he's got a lot of potential. And I think Ryan will be a, a, a decent goalkeeper, but I just feel like it's time just to, um, park him for a couple of weeks, uh, let him work on a few things maybe in the B team. So the person that I would come in would be somebody who could uh, maybe dominate the area a bit more, uh, be vocal at the back, especially against somebody like Cardiff. Communication needs to be really key, especially from these set, set pieces. Uh, and the person I would bring back for this would be Nico Vassen. <laughs> You've stole my thunder. Yes. <laughs> you stole my thunder. I've got I've got a second goalkeeper. I, knew, I thought I hope he's not building up to Nico here. He did look a bit Literally, worried. I thought, what? Nico. <laughs> tell you what, I've actually got Steve Francis. I've got Steve Francis as a backup as well, so we can share between Nico and but it's just that type of goalkeeper, six three, you know, it can come and claim the ball. Uh vocal vocally decent and uh unlucky. <laughs> the only the only reason I picked Nico was because when I was whenever he was at town, whatever year, I think I, it was a, one of the years when I had a season ticket when I was a kid and literally didn't miss a game and like went all over the country. And I think we're only about eleven as well. I don't think you get away with it now. But literally, you know, when a, you can remember a player's name that you used to sing all the time, and I know it was just simple, but you just used to say Nico, Nico again and again and again. Yeah. And I just thought goalkeeper, and I thought straight away. And I did my I did my normal did my normal Brady Wikipedia 
stop thing. And that, <laughs> didn't, that didn't fulfil me today. But yeah, I think on I think on Ryan on a serious note on Ryan, I think he's he's twenty one years old, and you think about a goalkeeper that is extremely young, and the exposure to the championship and everything he's had this season and the ups and downs and everything. I think I think he will be. A, I think he's going to be a fantastic goalkeeper, um, and I think the experience he's getting is is brilliant. Um, whether he needs to have, and I agree with you, you've got to, from my experience of, of managing young players, you've got to recognise the signs of perhaps when they just need to dip in and dip out. And sometimes a player learns more from coming out of the side. I know this sounds a bit, bit bizarre, but coming out of the team and mm. just having a breather and sitting back and looking at things and reflecting and just watching the game again and then being able to go back into it. And that reflection and that little bit of a pause is really, really important to a player's development, I, I believe. Um, whether Ryan's at that point at the moment, only Carlos and, and Paul Clements will know in terms of the work they do with him. They're, they're, they're the people who know whether that's the right thing to do. Um, but I can see why people would be would be thinking that. But um, I certainly wouldn't be pointing, pinpointing Schofield out as somebody who's caused us major, major issues in the games we've played. I think it's there's a lot of contributing factors and, you know, people may put an argument together that he's one of them. Um, no, I, I agree with that, Quinny. It's, it's not a Ryan Schofield bashing thing. It's just it's just one of those where he's making decisions which haven't yeah. cost us that you kind of think, I think maybe Ryan just needs to... Yeah. For me, it, well, it just you feels could, like... you could you could say that about Naby, couldn't you? you, you know, yeah, you could. People you would could, point yeah. to him and say, "Well, he's made a couple of errors when they're building up and they've cost goals." But then you could say that about maybe Campbell chances they've missed, and I think I think there's contributing factors to where a team is at. And every I I believe that everybody will have that, and I'm sure they will do have that collective responsibility. And um, but I, I get I get the case for it. I get the case for um, for for why that would be would be necessary. Um, but I think you've hit the nail on the head, Matt. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a great goalkeeper because he's got a lot of good attributes. Yeah, he does. It's just sometimes you think, for, for me personally as well, and my experience is nowhere near Ryan Schofield's for a start. But there was there was occasion where I was 21 and I was playing uh, West Riding Premier League, which obviously isn't anywhere near Huddersfield Town standard. But I I flitted between the first team for a little bit and the uh, the B team, and for me the B team was too low a standard, but. The first team was was 50-50, whether I was, was ready at that age. And I used to make mistakes because I would, I would feel the pressure a little bit more. And that high ball was the, was the killer, you know, when you've got big, strong men coming at you and when you're not as big yourself. And what I what I did was I would then go into the B team and maybe a couple of things that maybe I wasn't doing, I would try. And and in really sort of for me, goalkeeping is is kind of whereby you you have to work on what you can and what you can't do and then stick to your strengths and beating football and second team football really taught me what I can, what I can go for, what I can't go for, what I need to bring someone back from. And, and you spot situations where, whereby you, you're going to struggle and then you get help for it from one of your center backs. Whereas uh, in the first team, it was kind of, I was, I was, I was, I could feel it on my shoulders a little bit and maybe you don't quite dare speak. And obviously me and Ryan Schofield, obviously aren't the same kind of people or anything. Uh, Cosy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, but I just I just see little bits maybe where he would maybe benefit from it, and he would be better in the long run from it as well. Um, yeah. Like I say, I think Ryan's going to be great. I think Ryan is a good goalkeeper, and I think he's going to be a very good goalkeeper. I just think the, the timing might be right just to give him a little breather and then, then put him back in, in in three or four weeks. I think I think there's a trust element as well with a goalkeeper, um, particularly if you're a centre half or a full back, and you know, with the way we play, going back to them, are you confident playing back to your goalkeeper? Do you feel they're going to be able to deal with it? Are you confident with them coming for high high crosses? Because if you are, then you can maybe step up another couple of yards and leave him that space to come and collect it. If you're not, then even subconsciously you start dropping off and thinking I need to protect him a little bit. So yeah. we we all know it's such a crucial, important position. Um, but they will you you will be able they will be able to pick up that vibe whether people are you know whether he's in the right state of mind whether and I, I think keepers are very resilient I think they're they're a, they're a you know they're a beast on their own really they're, you know they're, they're often training separately at times and you know doing their own things goalkeeper union um, but yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to see how that sort of progresses over the next few weeks. No, um, interesting. <laughs> That's a good point. I think um, I agree with you, Matt. I, I took, I, well, we'll come on to lineups in a sec, but I took uh, Schofield out because I, I think, well, it's the cliche, but obviously when you make mistakes as a goalkeeper, people are going to notice it more than as a winger if you fluffy chance or whatever. And it's kind of, we're conceding so many goals at the moment. And I don't think Schofield's, you know, he's not at fault for every single goal, but it's, when you've got a terrible defence and you've got a young goalkeeper, it's just a, it's an awful combination. And I think I think you're hitting the nail on the head there in terms of you know maybe you should go to the B team, maybe you can try some things out because you know in fact the thing is none of us think Schofield is is terrible or going to be you know a terrible goalkeeper. He's got a lot of promise, and I think you know back to that Watford game where we won, he was he was the best player. I thought a fantastic yeah. shot stopping. Honestly, Brad, yeah. there's nothing there's nothing better than a Huddersfield lad who supports Huddersfield playing for Huddersfield Absolutely. and doing 100%. well. You know, honestly, Definitely. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to clarify that out because uh, people think I've got something against Schofield. Um, <laughs> I, I nearly... I nearly goalkeeper's union. In, is it not Ginger's union as well as goalkeeper's union, Brady? I don't think he's Ginger, mate. I don't know. Maybe we should ask. You know Chicken. Get, ask him. Ask him if he's Ginger. Um, well, I, I had picked a keeper, but I'm going to change my mind last minute because I don't think I'm going to beat the options. So I'm going to go for one that's a bit of a, a dud because I think I'll lose the poll. But um, I think he would improve this side. Uh, defender... Very, very disappointed with how he his time ended at the club. He was one of the uh, the Danish three um, from you know from the Sievert relegation. I've gone for Zanka because I did like him. I think he you know he did offer something uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a bad start, um, but then I think him and Schindler kind of worked well together. And he you know obviously had that back heel assist for uh, Tom Ince and that important goal, and he bought everyone a pint. So, uh, but I do think he could add to this team. Uh, I do think he could add to this team. Um, I think he'd be, yeah, again, one of them where I would have liked to have seen him in the championship because I think, I imagine he probably would have been a kind of top six player in the championship. Um, but we'll see. 
I change yeah. mine then. Uh, if you want to, mate, go on then. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Aaron Moy. That's a recent <laughs> one, but I'm gonna say Aaron Moy back. <laughs> that's like, that's like a top Trump, is that? I know that's. I just think for, I'm just looking at my team and thinking midfield's looking a bit light. I think we could do with an Aaron Moy in the team. <laughs> I told Matt he could only he could only come back if he didn't pick Aaron Moy, and you've just beaten him to it. It's like my favourite player of all time. It's like Quinny's going through his, his top trump, town trump dumps. <laughs> love it. Love it. Anyway, so um, before we go on to your the coach, uh, we caught up with the Cardiff fan. I spoke to Tom Taylor. Um, he was on the podcast last time and he was in a buoyant mood, as you'd expect, could, uh, thanks to Mike McCarthy. And here's what he had to say. Cool. It's recording. So, yeah, I'm uh, joined online now by uh, Cardiff fan Tom Taylor. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing very good, thank you. Good to hear. Thanks for coming back on as well, mate. Um, so, just well, obviously we've got the match on Friday live on Sky. Um, how are you feeling about it? Because you know, from a Huddersfield perspective, you guys are unbeaten in ten. Um, Mick McCarthy's come in completely, transformed it, um, and it's a bit of a scary, scary game for us, really. I mean, how can you tell us a little bit about what's happened since he's come in and about the game? be honest, I think the last 10 games has just been completely dreamland. Um, when it was kind of announced that Mick was coming in, the general consensus with City fans online was very much, oh, really? Because, you know, it, you look at a few of his, his last few jobs and kind of associate it with similar football that Harris played. And we thought, OK, he's coming in probably just short term get him in, he's experienced, he knows the league, keep us up and, you know, we'll see where we are at the end of the season. I don't think anyone expected for what came next to happen. And yeah, it's just, it's been unbelievable for the first time in quite a while, probably since last year's playoff push. It's been genuinely, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to games now rather than dreading them like uh, most of the season. But yeah, it's been a turnaround, it's it's been crazy. Oh, it's nice to hear someone who's not dreading games. So it's not the same for <laughs> us, mate. Um, so what has he what has he done really? That's like you know made the change in this transformation. Like you say, I mean things were kind of you know a bit a bit tricky uh, with Neil Harris. Obviously lost the job, but what what's Mick uh, done for this massive turnaround? I think the change of formation has helped. Um, going to three at the back. Uh, the first time we did it, I. I wasn't completely sold on paper. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And we thought, uh, like, Aiden Flint and Sean Morrison are fairly similar players. And I thought a back three of Flint Morrison and Curtis Nelson, I thought was bold, but on it, it's paid off so well. I think having uh, Perry NG come in um, has really helped. He's such a good player and a steal as well. Only I think it was 250k we paid for him, which is looking to be great. And he's really got the attack going as well. I think one of the problems with Harris was, I said it all along, I wasn't 100% sure that he knew his best team. Whereas with McCarthy, he knows it. And he's managed to get uh, Josh Murphy playing to the best form that I knew he had the ability to. Um, Shay Ojo has looked so much better since um, he's come in. And Kiefer Moore, his, like, you know, he was good before, but now he's just gone up to another level. And he sort of found that right balance within the team that's got, it's got us firing. 
No, it's great. I can I can tell you tell it's all good news. I mean, so like I say, obviously you won. We're chatting to to yourself after uh, you've just won four 0 against Derby, and you now are in the playoff places. Um, do you think that the playoffs are possible, or is it still let's not get carried away? I'm trying not to get carried away, um, and I'm trying not to get too disappointed if we don't make it. Like after we draw, after we drew with um, Middlesbrough, and we. Uh, fell out of the places I was a bit oh dear here we go but then I had to kind of think come on literally when he came in my thought process was I'd be happy if we stay up and now we're looking at head at potentially the playoffs so um if we keep up a really impressive run of form then I don't see why not but um optimistically look in um yeah I'd like to think so I'd like to hope so Oh mate, I'm getting jealous. I've got to be honest. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we'll come. We'll put me, you know, in even further misery. We'll we'll talk about the game uh, earlier in the season. It was at, obviously at, at Cardiff, and you won three nil. Um, I know it's going a while back, and this season it seems to be like a game every couple of days. But mm. um, what did you kind of think think of Huddersfield really, and what did you think of the game? The game surprised me. Um, I went in fully expecting a draw because that was the kind of um, well, it was the football we played uh, under Harris, essentially. And that game reminds me more now of a McCarthy game than it would a Harris game, where we just turned up for 90 minutes instead of the what was the standard, just uh, kick it about for 60 and then get the equaliser later on. But, um, yeah, it was one of the, one of the few games under... Harris, along with um, Luton and Barnsley at home, where I was genuinely really quite impressed, which was kind of like under Harris this season, not uh, not last year. It was one of the games uh, this season where I was actually quite um, impressed. And yeah, it was a it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was kind of a weird one. Um, I just feel surprised. I didn't think they were awful. Um, probably as good as you could have been in a 3-0 loss, as weird as that might sound. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was unexpected, I'll say that. Well, uh, it was very, very expected for us, but again, uh, we're just downbeat at the moment because we're in terrible form. Uh, we'll come on to the, uh, we'll come on to the game on Friday. I mean, what are you, kind of, what are you expecting from it? Um, I'll ask for your score prediction in a minute, but how do you expect the game to go? Because obviously looking at your previous games, um, particularly last night, you, you don't really seem to be um, you seem to be happy to give up possession. Do you think it'll be similar when you're playing away on Friday? I'd like to think so. Um, we won't be with Joe Bennett, which is a big shame. He um, got injured last night and it looks quite serious as well. Um, quite a bad leg injury by the looks of things. But um, I'm more than confident that Joel Bagan will be able to come in. He's still young, he's still learning, but what we've seen so far, he looks really good. So um, I think... I think it'll probably be quite tough. It's always a bit tougher going away. Um, even just psychologically, when you're at home, you can have the stadium, is, especially with Cardiff now, since McCarthy's come in, it, Cardiff City Stadium's turned into a little bit of a fortress. So um, I'm always a little bit more kind of wary about going away, but having uh, with the away games under McCarthy, which I thought we might potentially slip up in, like Luton and uh, especially Bournemouth, and we went in, we played the same kind of just uh, conceding a bit of possession, but still 
uh, getting away with an okay result. So I'm slightly optimistic, but still still have that little nagging doubt in the back of my mind that's always there whenever Cardiff play. Yeah, I don't think that ever goes away, mate, even if you were top of the league. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, well, final question is, um, what are you expecting from the game and your score prediction, really, mate, to finish off? Um, hopefully we'll see uh, Harry Wilson play. Um, it seems a little bit of a discredit to say that, considering Leandro Bacuna surprisingly played really well last night and got two really good goals. He took uh, the first one he took very well in the sec and this, his second was quality but um we'll get more of the starters back in so i think we'll probably see a kind of game where we'll be happy to concede a bit of possession but um i think ultimately if we're defensively sound and uh, everyone up top stays on stays in the form that they have been i think i think it could be a good night for us hopefully yeah so go on then what, what's your score prediction I'm going to go 2 0 Cardiff. Oh, nice. I, I've gone for 3 1 for you guys over the optimist, oh, wow. but um, we will see. But um, no, that's great. That's great, Tom. Thanks for coming on and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Cheers. Right. Okay. So we heard from Tom. Now we're going to hear from us. Um, Matt, I can't do the you're the coach line. So I've been going with a with the thing of um, Carlos Corbran is no longer in the dugout. Instead, Mr. Matt Shaw is in the dugout, former goalkeeper you know, in the local area, is now the manager of Huddersfield Town. How are you lining up, Mr. Shaw, in your first game of charge? I don't think that would go down well in, in Huddersfield. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so Carlos's pragmatism. So this this is more how I would line up rather than how I think he will line up. I think uh, the way Carlos has gone, being more pragmatic, I think, in a relegation run is probably the right way to go. You know, I agree with Quinny. Sometimes it's it's just better to get the ball into into better areas than, than than hold it in dangerous areas for yourself, especially when you need points. And against Cardiff, we're, we're desperate for, you know, a point really. Um, it's going to be tough. Um, and I'm going to do something which is very much out of the Tony Pulis handbook, uh, Rafa Benitez and other... other <laughs> me, me and a mate do refer to Rafa Benitez as the Spanish Pulis. I think he often gets a, a strange reputation for playing glorious football, Rafa, but we'll, we'll move on from him. Uh, so from that, I'm going to actually pick a back four, um, which is is very much tailored towards balls into the box and, and making clearances. And I did provide some stats. Hang on, Brady. Oh, lovely. Uh, so yeah. So what I've gone for. So to, to defend against Cardiff, I think you need you know you need height, you need strength, you need energy. Uh, and I know Carlos has ruled Hoggy out, but if Hogg's anywhere near fit. Uh, he he goes onto the pitch for me as soon as possible because we we desperately need him and miss him through uh, through this running. So to defend the high ball um, and to stop runners in from behind, which are essentially the two main things which are, are catching us out at the minute, um, I would go for a narrow back four. So what I would refer to as a very narrow back four by uh, playing a narrow back four, it just closes off the space between you know for the likes of Wilson and uh, Shea Ojo to to get in. Uh, and I'm going to make a change at uh, fullback as well. So left back is going to be a surprise. So I like Romani Edmonds Green at right back. I think he gives us some good options. He can pass out from the back. He's he's got pace. Uh, it's almost like an auxiliary centre back, you know, in in that back line playing Romani, which I quite like. Uh, Stearman stays. Uh, Nabisar stays. 
I bring in Jason Luttweiler just for the same reasons. Um, I, I would bring in Nico Vassen. I just, I just think it's the right time. Although I, I, I genuinely don't know whether Luttweiler is, is ready for it. So I would, I would leave that decision obviously to Clem. Um, but my left back is going to be Ramoni Critchlow. And the reason why I've gone for Ramoni Critchlow is because of, as I desperately go for my stats, um, is Critchlow, despite only playing four games, is oddly is the second highest uh, rated defender for Huddersfield Town for clearances. And against a team that constantly pumps balls into the box, um, Nabisar is obviously the top uh, top defender for clearances with 4.8. Critchlow averages 4.8 a game, uh, clearances. Stearman's the next with 3.5. And then after Schindler in fifth is Romani Edmonds-Green. So that's why I've gone for that narrow back four. Um, in front of them is where you need your energy. So I'm dropping Dwayne Holmes back to play in the midfield three with Lewis O'Brien because I just think you need that discipline and energy against the likes of uh, Will Volks, et cetera, who I think is a great player. Um, and between them, Alex Vajko, you need someone who, who, with a little bit of quality on the ball and vajko has got that. So that midfield three, a lot of energy, um, a little bit of poise in there. And then the front three is an interesting one. I, like, I think Aaron Rowe's little renaissance has been great. I've, I've really enjoyed that. But I'm going to go with a front three of Mbenza, Campbell and Pippa. So uh, my team's Lutweiler, Romanimans, Green, Stearman, Saar, Critchlow at left back. And, and just to point out, Critchlow has played left back quite a lot before. When he went on loan to Hartlepool and Welling, he played left back. He grew up as a left back. Uh, so O'Brien and Holmes in midfield for the energy and the pressing uh, and the tracking and Vajko just to just to play on the ball and then the front three of Campbell and Benza and Pippa. That's a good shout, mate. I like that. Um, Look, while there as well, uh, I don't know if this helps, but Jerry Barton, when he was at Fleetwood, uh, wanted him to stay and said he would pay his wages personally out of his own pocket. Yeah. So make yeah. of that what you will. Yeah, uh, it, it, that's that's a bit of a, a wild card from me is that one because I've not seen him play. To be honest, I, I, um, you just think thirty-one-year-old goalkeeper has been described as solid, someone who talks quite a lot, and I just think. Maybe that's what we just need for a couple of weeks. I agree. Um, Quinny, what about yourself? You are a manager, but you are manager of Huddersfield Town for this. How are you going? Yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a tough one. Um, I don't think Sonogo's goes by the sounds of it ain't going to be ready, is it? So I think they're just drip feeding him in. I mean, if he was ready, I, I'd be tempted to, to throw him in for everything we talked about earlier. Um, I don't think. Well, if he's still, he was still at fifteen minutes apparently, wasn't he, at Tuesday? So I can't see him being. Ready for a start this Saturday. If he was, then I, I would, I would have looked to put him in just for the things we've talked about. Um, at the back, I, I think I'd go for Pipper at right back. I think we need him back in his normal position, in his, in the position that he's comfortable with. Um, I think he's done okay at left back, but it's absolutely blatantly obvious that every time he gets the ball, he's trying to work it onto his right side, and I think that causes a problem in itself. So I'd go Pipper, Steeman, Saar. I'd, I'd give Rowe a whirl at left back. I think um, he came. I think he came on against Middlesbrough. I think it was one at half time, and thought he made a massive impact there. Um, again, just I think it looked natural. Um, round pegs, round holes, or square pegs, square holes, whatever the saying is. Um, and then I think I think we need a I think we need a performance from O'Brien. I think he's been quiet recently. Um, I think we need a performance from him, but I'd keep him in for his energy. For he makes you know. Plenty of good forward runs, plenty of like corner box entry runs as well that I think are really dangerous when, when we're effective. So I'd have the layout the base, Bakuna, O'Brien, top three would be Mbenza, Campbell and Holmes. That's what I'd go for. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's another one. We've talked about it before. The Swansea game need big performances from people. I think that'll be the message. 
But the, I know, I know. One thing I did want to say was, as I know, sort of deflating as the performers may have seen, and when we get his nose and head on Tuesday night, I think that point could be massive for us against Birmingham. I think if we'd have lost that game, I think it'd have been an even worse feeling around the place at the moment. But we got a point, and the point could be really, really important for us, and it gives you a platform. You know, as, as maybe as lacklustre as the performance was, it gives us something to build on. So I'm being positive again, Brady. Can you feel it coming out again? I feel it, mate. Let's go. 4 0. 4 0, Tom. No, you make a good point, though. I mean, especially in the Birmingham game when we played them earlier in the season, we equalised with five minutes to go when we lost the game. So, you know, yeah. I, I agree. It could be. A if you can't point. win a game, don't lose it. That's the that's the saying, isn't it? So, no, I definitely. Um, we've lost enough this year so far. So uh, <laughs> maybe let's stop that. Um, I, I've gone for a 3 5 2. Um, again, I think when Town have played well, particularly at home, that's the formation we've been playing recently. Uh, I have I have kept Schofield in. Um, I was debating with Lutweiler, but I think again, I, I think what would be key really for Schofield. I don't. Again, we can talk. We seem to be talking about goalkeepers a lot recently, but Swansea. He made a mistake, arguably, and then um, we still won the game. And I ho- thought that would help. And I'm not saying we're going to win the game here, but I think if we made if we win a game where he makes another mistake and it doesn't really matter, I wonder if that might help him and, and ease him a bit. So I've kept I've kept Schofield in. My three is uh, same again, Edmonds Green, Star, uh, Stearman and Saar. Um I think Saar has been all right recently. He was very hit and miss, but I think he's kind of been okay. Obviously the goal against Preston, but again, I, I don't think I don't think that's all on him. It was going in anyway. Uh, I've moved Pitha back to right wing back because again I agree with you. Um you know, should be on left. And it's kind of like, I'm of the attitude, again, I'm not a manager, but I think we've got a bit of an injury crisis and we should play our best players in their preferred position and then fill the gaps in everywhere else. Uh, I've I, The one I was debating about was O'Brien about dropping him, but I think particularly against Cardiff, O'Brien hasn't been great, but he can nip and win the ball occasionally. And like you say, his energy will need. Uh, I've got Vallejo, I think, and I've also got Holmes in there. I think it's no surprise that Holmes' best performance was when he was further back in central midfield against Swansea. Uh, I've got Rowe as well. Um, again, think what you say. think he deserves a start, played well. Uh, and I've got my two. So I've actually dropped in Benza, which I was debating about, because I think, he's, I don't know if he's still fully fit. He said he was playing with pain, and I think it's someone we could build on if things aren't going well. So I've kept Campbell. I agree with you, Quinny. I wanted to start. Sonogo, but he's obviously not ready according to Carlos. Um, so I've gone for Kieran Phillips to partner Campbell because, yeah. again, this, you know, uh, I know we've talked about young players and if they're ready or not, but I do think he's looked sharp when he's played and he's not he's not had a start yet. And I think if he is with Campbell, maybe he can offer something. And, you know, he's been unlucky not to score yet, to be honest for me. I think that Middlesbrough yeah. game, he, he should have had a goal, really. And I, I wonder if just playing him a little bit unexpected, if that might help and maybe would get a goal, um, but we'll see. So, yeah. So, we've all got interesting lineups, I think. So, we will see. But um, we'll go on to the score predictions for the game and how you see the game going. Um, I'll come to you, Matt. What, what have you gone for? 2 0 Cardiff. How come? Any, do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> I just think they're too strong and they'll, they'll steamroller over us a little bit. Um, I, can see, I can see areas where we can hurt them. Uh, I think patience will need to be. In abundance if we do I think that's that's the key thing is to probe in the right areas at the right time uh, but I just look at the, the the run they're on and the run we're on 
and the the style it's all about styles when i look at swansea swansea's system really played into our hands a little bit uh you know they, they had a diamond in midfield and the way we played with one center back stepping into midfield that allowed us to outnumber them in there i look at the system that that cardiff have got and the three center backs at uh, morrison and flint you know you, you need a step ladder to challenge them in the air you know they're they're, they're excellent and strong and um, I think Bennett might be injured for them, the left wing back, which is, yeah, is. which could be interesting because um, he's a, he's a decent player as well. Uh, but I, ju- I just think it's the the, the sheer brute force. Uh, whereas Swansea it was it was passing passing side versus a passing side, and and we're obviously trying a bit more shit housey, if you like. You know, we're trying it. We're probably not going to be very good at it, but Cardiff are the masters of it, if you like. And I, I think it'll be. Um, I think we'll start well, but I think, again, we tend to start quite well and then run out of ideas a little bit. And it's a case of just sticking with it. But I just see the strength, you know, the size and the strength just being a little bit too much. But I don't think it will do terribly. I just think it'll be a bit too much. Yeah, I think you might be right, mate. Uh, Quinny, do you agree with Matt or are you being Mr. Positive? You know me, eternal optimism. <laughs> I I can never, I, I can never bring myself to bet against town, <laughs> even if it's. But yeah, as a, I just think, um, I think it's going to be really, really. We said this before the Swansea game, though, didn't we? So God knows what's going to happen. I think it's going to be, yeah, very, very difficult game for us. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna again be optimistic, but I'm not going to be stupid with it. <laughs> I'm going to go for a two-two draw. Um, I think, I think we can, I think we can create opportunities. I think we will concede. Um, I think we will concede at some point in the game. It's just where we're at, but I do think we can create chances and we can create opportunities. And uh, I said it, I've said it a few times. We were waiting for that game where we've created a lot of chances and not scored. And then you look at the Swansea game. We had that magic three minutes, and let's hope we can have another game where you know, like you said with Kieran Phillips, how he's not scored so far when he's come on is, is beyond belief. Really, was some of the. Um, runs he's made and not not clear cut chances, but just that that's what was the game where he hit the bottom of the post and you think how Middlesbrough, yeah, yeah, Middlesbrough won't it away. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping for another day where we can we can get something. For, and I'd, I'd, I'd take a draw. I think we all would, wouldn't we? We'd take a point right now. Um, I think that'd be a good. You know, that's two games then where we're out without defeat and it starts just building that momentum slowly. Um, but it's, yeah, I agree with Matt. It's going to be a, a tall order, but I'm going to go for two two. I like it, mate. You are you are the opt- we need optimism at a time like this, so that's that's good. Um, I have not been optimistic. I know you say you never back town to lose, but I will. Um, you, you made a good point, Matt, about how Swansea um, kind of played into our hands. I think we really play into Cardiff's hands, given how they want to play. Um, I just we're terrible at set pieces. I mean, like that Birmingham that Birmingham goal was was was. <laughs> I don't think it was even championship defending. It was really bad, especially after we'd taken the league and we looked nervous. Um, I think you're right, though, Matt. I, I, I think I could see us starting quite well. Again, it's on Sky, it's on Friday night. Like, could even see us taking the lead. Um, but I just think Cardiff have too much for us. And, you know, it's one of them where it's form over, over fixtures, to be honest, um, you know, in some respects. So I've gone I've gone for 3-1 Cardiff. And I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if all their goals come from set pieces. Um, but we've got a big game after that against QPR, who were in a good run of form themselves. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be a defeat, unfortunately. They've gone, they've gone 10 games without defeat, haven't they? So that's going to end at some point. And that's a lot of games without a defeat. So this could be the one, mate. You've got to have that, you've got to have that belief. A good, a good run of form means that it's going to come to an end soon. So this could yeah. be the game where it comes to an end. 
law of averages, you know. There you go. Yeah, it's, going like to come it. to, it's going to come to an end, and that's a lot of games without a defeat in, in the championship. So they drew a defeat very, very soon. Let's hope it's Friday. I, I like it, mate. I mean, to be fair, this league has been quite a uh, cycle, you know, cyclical in terms of people going on runs, people going on winning and losing runs. So anyway, let's all hope we're as optimistic optimistic as Quinny we will see but um, lads thanks for coming on and um, thanks to everyone for listening we will be back with a preview for QPR next week and uh, yeah let's hope for a win take care oh what a night late in May in 2017 Shinder scored it was a heavy dream what a singing we are Premier League the greatest sight in George's Square did see what an evening what a night oh I I got a funny feeling when he walks and a fan Commentator yelled, he takes that chance. Oh, what a night! Lost so safe in mesmerizing me. Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea. Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night! Oh, I. Got a funny feeling when he walked an fence and then the commentator yelled, he takes our chance. Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.